Welcome to NIL Undressed. I'm your host, Ryan Schockner. And today we have a guest that I, you know, I call this hitting the trifecta, right? Because L. Van Grinsven, now Potter, originally from Franklin, Wisconsin, she excelled in sport in volleyball um, throughout high school, secured as a sophomore a scholarship to play volleyball at Loyola University in Chicago. Uh, she then graduated in May of 2021. So before NIL hit, so she was like, she saw the light at coming at the end of the tunnel and she was, she was reaching out and, and they, they said, July, we're going to start. Right. So she couldn't really take advantage of it when she was in, in school. Uh, she got a degree in public relations and advertising along with a minor in marketing. And she was part of the starting rotation all four years uh, at, on the Loyola's women's volleyball team. She um, she got the conference championship during that like crazy COVID season where we were all kind of scratching our heads. Additionally, she led the is it what is it crew CRU? What does it stand for? Crew um, Christian. Oh my goodness, I don't even know what it stands for, but it's like Christian Crusade something or like after okay yeah additionally she actively led the crew bible studies on campus served on the student athlete advisor advisory committee and engaged in all different types of uh, volunteer opportunities so following graduation l married micah potter former wisconsin badger on wisconsin uh a in current two-way player for the utah jazz she gained experience in social media, marketing, recruiting through her work at Northwestern Mutual. So she and I have that tie together um, in Chicago, Atlanta, Sioux Falls. And last August, she joined Student Athlete NIL, an agency that specializes in assisting brands, universities, and athletes with navigating this world of name, image, and likeness. So as an account executive, she manages over 100 athletes and 10 universities nationwide, overseeing business donors, subscribers, and fans. She played a significant role in the second annual. Uh, this is this is now an annual thing, so this is a big deal. I know kids look forward to this NIL summit uh, in Atlanta this past month, which everyone that I've talked to is a huge success. So I say trifecta because she it was an athlete at a very high level. She is involved in NIL with athletes and brands right now, and she gets to see with her husband that whole pro side of working, you know, brand and and how those deals uh, start to, um, you know, transpire. So, Elle, welcome to NIL Undressed. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I want to hit with a couple rapid fire questions just to kind of get us going. Um what do you miss most about playing college volleyball? Um, definitely the competitiveness. I I actually play in a rec league here in Salt Lake. And there are times where I have to like rein myself back in because I understand that these people are playing because they just want to have fun. And like my mindset was always like, yes, you're having fun, but like you're playing to win. So there's like times where I'm like, dang, I miss like going out with my teammates who have trained years to play this sport. Um, so definitely the competitive side and like those those big games, those big matches. Um, you don't get that experience anymore when you're playing rec with 
some people that are 10 plus years older than you and bringing their kids along. So miss that a lot. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I think all athletes would say that it's, you know, that's one of the coolest things about being an athlete is, you know, that camaraderie of everybody trying to accomplish that one goal and being on the same page. And, um, absolutely. All right. So you're recently married. Yes. Best part of being married. Um, I would say just like, honestly, being able to do like the mundane, but also the really fun things with your partner, your best friend. Um, there's so many things to do even in Salt Lake that I'm like, Oh, like Micah, let's do this. Like, let's do that. And like, he doesn't really have a choice because he's like right with me and he's my best friend. So we get to do all those fun things together. And he's here 24 seven in the summer, which is super nice. And then throughout basketball season, there's obviously a lot of those road trips and those types of things. But I'd say the best thing about marriage is just doing, doing anything and everything like with your best friend. So very cool. Favorite restaurant during your time on campus at Loyola. And what was your go-to menu item? Uh, well, so I guess I'll blame COVID for not giving me the full experience because freshman, sophomore year, definitely went out in Chicago a lot. Um, going to different restaurants, trying different places. And then COVID hit the end of, um, or beginning of my, or end of my junior year. So then it was a lot of like, you can't go out to restaurants wearing masks, but there was a Canes right next to my apartment. And that was just like an easy go-to. So when I think of favorite place, it's probably Canes, which would be like their three finger combo, even though that sounds so cheesy, but that would be my answer. Awesome. All right. Now we're in Utah, right? So favorite, um, favorite restaurant in Utah and, um, what's your go-to item? Um, okay. So either there's a place called Chili Tepin, which is a Mexican place, um, that we really like, um, love their enchiladas. And then there's also an awesome sushi place called Sapa. Um, they're spicy. I love edamame. And so they've got a really good spicy edamame with this really good like seasoning and sauce on it. It's it's so good. Awesome. All right. So I'm, this is going to be a really unique perspective because you finished your athletic career right before NIL went live. Mm-hmm. So you weren't really able to dive in and participate and all that, but you did have relationships with your teammates that that were able to, right? So what was... First off, what was your initial reaction to NIL going live? Yeah, I remember. So Micah and I, we were living in Atlanta at the time because this was like the 1st of July. And um, I remember like we were on our phones. We saw when it was announced and we were, were like, oh, my gosh, like this is super exciting. And then also like once it like started sitting, setting in, we're like, dang, like kind of like salty because there's just like so many opportunities that I know, especially Micah being at Wisconsin Madison and like Madison being such a big hub for like promoting their athletes, there would have been so many more opportunities. Um, but so like we were that we were thrilled. We we're like, this is so awesome. This is really exciting. Everyone starts referring it to as like the wild, wild west. Um, and I think my like at like my teammates were probably more so like and i'm sure this was the case for everyone just just like more confused of okay this was illegal 
And this is all like we've been told no for so long, but now like, oh, like if I want to promote like my favorite drink at this place, like I can, like I thought we've been told no. And like you've had so many meetings about don't do this, don't do this. You can't do this. And now all of a sudden it's like free reign. You can do whatever you want. So I think there was a lot more of just like confusion and like, okay, well, what does this look like for us? Because nobody knew had they hadn't seen it before done specifically within college athletics and amateur sports. So I think it was a lot more of just like confusion. Yeah. And you know, it, and it's still, I think there still is a lot of confusion, right? Because you have the, uh, you have the universities and it was largely the power fives, right? They had the, the mm. money to get the staff and the legal, you know, expertise to really figure this out and and pull resources together where you have, you know, the non-Power 5 big conference schools that were even still when, you know, when we talk to uh, universities on the athlete development side, it's a lot of, well, we don't really have a policy on this and we don't, you know, our athletes aren't really participating and all that kind of stuff. And so largely it still is that confusion. Uh, And for these smaller, you know, smaller schools, it still is the wild west. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. So how did, how did your friends that were on the team figure it out? Right. Because it was very much, um, and, and I guess not as much now, but, uh, I'm going to go out and do it and then we'll see if this is allowed sort of Mm -hmm. thing. So it's like, I'm going to do it. And then if I have to ask for forgiveness, I'll ask for forgiveness. But so how did they kind of navigate that? Yeah. Um, I would say like, I, some of them definitely have, I know, for instance, like in my head, I'm thinking of, um, I don't know necessarily if any of my teammates have really done a ton of NIL stuff. I know there's a couple here and there. Um, but I would say one of the women's basketball players at Loyola, Satori Tannen, she's done an incredible job of leveraging her NIL. Um, and I think it just came super natural for her. Um, cause she loved creating content. She already started creating YouTube videos and just interacting with her audience that she already had. And so she picked it up super fast, um, of just seeing what other athletes were doing, reaching out to other brands, promoting things on campus. Um, one of the, we have like a, it was a fun little like acai, um, like healthy place that was right on campus that I noticed um, once that became legal, Satori and one of her other teammates, Sam started promoting that and just kind of making people aware of it. And I don't know necessarily the details of her deal with them, but, um, it could have been money. It could have been free food and promoting all of that stuff. But I think she did a really, she has done and continues to do a really good job promoting her NIL. Um, I think almost one of the biggest challenges probably when it comes to, a school like Loyola, that's like a mid-major school. Um, they, some schools don't have all of the resources that the power five schools have. So they don't necessarily have that NIL person on staff that's reaching out to brands or contacting so-and-so or dealing with donors and saying, Hey, we want to work specifically with X, Y, and Z and do this, this, and that. Whereas a lot of these smaller schools or mid-major schools, their athletes are doing that themselves and they have to advocate for themselves. Um, so I don't know necessarily Loyola's uh, 
like what they're doing with their collective stance or like what they're doing um, with NIL. But I know a few athletes that are kind of doing that themselves and um, almost being their own agent and figuring all those deals for themselves. Yeah. And I think you look at, you know, when, when athletes are being recruited, you have to balance you know, because I look at a school like Loyola, right? And yeah, they may not have all the flash that mm-hmm. some of these big, you know, I'm in SEC, ACC country, right? So, you know, they like to show their how much money they have at these schools. And uh, they may not have that individual, but they, you know, they have Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. So last time I checked, large city, uh, and and which is opportunity, right? And so, Versus a, you know, like a Wake Forest or uh, even a Clemson, which is small city, you know, tight community. You know, there's pros and cons to all of this. And if you're looking at NIL, it's, you know, if if you're going to go all in as an athlete on NIL, maybe a mid-major and a bigger city is a better opportunity than some of these um, you know, big power five, smaller city sort of thing. What What is your agree, disagree? What's your thought on that? Yeah, I think, I think it's so different because I've obviously reflected and people will ask me like, what would you have done if you were say going to going to college soon or like your next year, you're going to college or like changing your perspective of schools. And, and like, I don't even know if the money would have made a big deal on my like decision, because like, even thinking back, like I was recruited starting my eighth in eighth grade because I was so much older than my class. So I had to play up. And so money just like was not even a thing. It was really of thinking, okay, where can I go to school for free? So I guess that's a perspective of money, but then um, do I want to live in this city is it going to get me a good degree? Um, and then Chicago being Chicago, um, like working connections. So I think everyone has such a different perspective of like wh- what they're looking for. And that NIL has drastically changed that perspective for these high school athletes because now it's more of, okay, well, who's going to offer me a car and like free this, this, and that? on top of a free scholarship and this and that. And um, I think it's really interesting because Micah and I, I had never seen the movie Blindside until maybe three weeks ago. And so we were watching it and that scene where um, the boy starts getting all of these football offers and a coach day after day comes into their house, gives him what he's going to offer and like offer what is offered to his little brother of like, you're going to walk next to me when we run out of the tunnel, all those things. And I was telling Micah, I was like, if this was fast forward, like right now, and those colleges, coaches were coming in, they could offer all X, Y, and Z, but then they would also have to say, oh, and then we're also going to offer you this much amount of money, like per year. Yeah, And it would almost then come down to who's offering the most money. So um, I think that is a very different thing for everyone's decision of what makes a school for them. Like what, what is a good fit? Like that is such a different, um, 
like question because before it'd be like, oh, like, are you going to get a good degree? Does it line up with where are you from or where you want to be close to your parents or your family? And now it's okay. Well, are they going to offer you this much money? Are you going to do this, this, and that? So, um, I, it's, it's changed a lot of things. And I know, especially the recruiting and coaches getting kids into their, into their school has changed a lot. Well, and it's even, you know, because the coaches in a lot of now, some of the states are changing laws and all that to where coaches and, and athletic departments can be more involved. But, you know, especially early on and largely still today, they're not allowed to make that offer. Right. So they're still kind of going with their original, you know, pitch. And then yeah. you have this other component that somehow finds its way in and, uh, you know, we, we, we don't know how that's happening, but it's happening. And it's just, yeah, it's a completely different world from a recruiting standpoint, really on both sides now. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. In, in the collectives, I mean, you brought up the, uh, you know, the collective that, that, you know, that term, right. That the evil collectives that are, uh, you know, ruining college sports and, you know, the, the making it so it's not amateur and all this kind of stuff. Right. I mean, that they face uh, issues too, not from, I mean, everything they do is legal, right? I mean, they're operating within the letter of the law. You may not like it, uh, but then you have some of these collectives that are, you know, some of the sponsors and donors are pulling out because they're not getting wins. And, you know, there's fights with the president of the university and one of the big donors, and you have all this stuff to where, you could be offered some money as an athlete and then all of a sudden, you know, the next year, maybe it's not there or it's yeah. not as much. And so, you know, we have really yet to see that explode on some kids, but it's, it's going to come. Um, and so then how do they navigate that and what's the fallout? I mean, it should be interesting for sure. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. So let me ask you this then the the media because you deal with athletes right and brands and all this type of stuff and um even the young lady that you mentioned with Loyola basketball she's more of that influencer and mm-hmm. so the perception really is that and it's largely from the media right uh because you you have the influencers that you know get the attention and get deals you have the collectives that are getting a lot of these kids power 5 deals but then you also are involved in the NIL summit. So you see the complete opposite of that kids that are out there getting their own deals. And yeah. so what's your opinion on that narrative that you have either have to be an influencer or you have to play the right sport and the right position at the right school in order to get and participate in NIL? Yeah, I think um, everyone always throws around the phrase influencer. And I think some people's definitions or perceptions of what is an influencer is so specific, but like, if you really break it down, everybody is an influencer in their own way. Like your mom is an influencer. Your mom is telling you what she likes and dislikes. And therefore that's changing your decisions of maybe I'll get this at the grocery store instead of something else, because that's what my mom likes. So your mom is an influencer. So I think if you break it down in that aspect of everyone is an influencer in their own way, regardless of the amount of followers that they have, um, 
like I would say that narrative is is false because it does not matter what sport you play, what school you go to, <clears throat> if you have a platform. So if you have social media of any kind that you're able to share your likes, your interests, just share who you are as a person, like you will gain an audience and they will be like super attentive to you. Your audience will grow. Um, And so I think that's one of the biggest things is it was super fun at the summit to meet so many athletes that aren't necessarily your um, like Livy Dunn's or um, those like big named athletes who are making millions of dollars and doing these huge deals. And it was just so like refreshing to see these athletes who are track athletes or um, a women's bowler doing these brand deals and they're learning to leverage their NIL like right where they're at. Um, another thing too is like as an athlete or pursuing that type of thing is you could easily catch yourself comparing yourself to the next um, someone or next female who's in your sport or somebody else. And it's like, well, no, like your audience is completely different because you are a uniquely different human than that person. You have different likes and interests and like your content that you're going to make is so different. So your audience is going to be different. Um, And I think you can grow as much as you want to, you can grow your audience, um, create those deals. The biggest thing that when we, when I work with brands is across the board, regardless of gender or interest or, um, sport they play, the biggest thing they're always looking for is the amount of followers. And then if they're authentically sharing things with their audience. So, um, and then athletes will ask like, well, how am I supposed to get to 10,000 followers or how am I supposed to do this, this and that? It's like, well, start sharing your life. Like you share who you are on TikTok, Instagram, um, Pinterest, anything like that. And your audience will grow. And then because of that, then you'll start getting bigger deals. So starting small and then continuing to work and you never know where you're going to get, because even at the summit, um, I believe Anna Camden, who was a Penn State women's basketball player, now is at Richmond. Um, she was talking about how even just in one year, her growth of followers has grown like an insane amount. And that's just from creating content, people seeing her videos, people relating to her, and then wanting to continue to follow her. Um, so yeah, I would say the biggest piece of advice would be creating content. You can start anywhere sharing your days, sharing your favorite movies, and that will keep growing. And people will, people will find something that they relate to and they'll, they'll continue to want to follow you. Um, so it doesn't matter what school you go to. It doesn't matter what sport you play. I think that's such like a stereotypical, oh, they are playing basketball at Duke. So therefore they're going to do this, this, and that. And they're the only ones that are making this money, but it's like, no, there are kids that are working their butts off to promote their own brand on social and they're growing their audience in an organic and unique way. And so that they can work with brands as well. Yeah. So the two biggest things that I, that I heard from there, right. Is, is be you, right. Just don't, don't compare yourself. Right. Which is hard a lot of times for, for anyone, quite frankly, but especially 
that college athlete, college age kid to do. And mm-hmm. the second thing is uh, the brands don't care sport, gender, school size, because they're really looking for a return on investment, right? They're not, this isn't charity. They're not just giving kids money. They're expecting something in in return and it's going to be, you know, an exponential uh, amount compared to how much they invest in in these athletes. And so if you can get them that return on investment, then they'll partner with you. They don't, they're not going to discriminate. Yeah. Yep. So this is a, this is a personal opinion, right? Um, Because when you talk about building, you know, building the brands and being out there on social media, um, again, going back to the narrative is that this is for really male athletes and these big uh, revenue producing sports. That's what, that's what NIL is really meant for. Right. And my opinion is that really female athletes have the opportunity to clean up in NIL. Um, it's it, to me, it's their game to lose, right? Because th- to me, they seem like they put out more content. It's more original content. Um, they follow through, and I can say this as a guy, right? And they follow through better than than guys do, right? Um, they'll stick to the plan and all that kind of stuff. What's your prediction for female athletes as it relates to NIL? Yeah, I mean, going off of what you said, um, 100% agree. Females, like they are, I would say, naturally more gifted um, and just like maybe more skilled with creating aesthetic content that people like to see. Um, and I think it's interesting that TikTok, um, 60% of TikTok's users are females. So mm-hmm. whether that's creating the content, watching content, um, all of those things, um, I think there's so many opportunities for female athletes just with brands opportunities, um, just probably because they may be genuinely like it better or naturally gifted. Um, with that being said, like we are coaching the male athletes to sharpen their skills, um, to be better at promoting that, uh, their content. Um, there are some, or there are some male athletes that I work with who are so good at creating their content and creating the things that we ask. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like, I'm so happy for you because there are some, and even like my husband, who's just not, uh, technology or like, uh, social savvy. And so those things come harder for him. And so he does not enjoy making that content. Whereas I know so many male athletes who love creating that content and which is super awesome. And same with the female side. Um, they're so good at making that content. It's fun. It's fun to watch. Um, so yeah, I think the NIL scheme for female athletes, there are so many, even like opportunities that have not even been touched um, that they can work with. And it, and two, even if you think about brands, there's almost more things for females to promote because we're doing stuff with our hair. We're doing makeup, wearing a lot of crazy clothes. Um, so I just think there's such an untouched market already that is just like waiting for the female athlete, uh, influencer to get into. Um, but I think it's awesome. I love seeing, uh, female athletes promoting brands and doing brand deals. 
um, when I get on social media and I scroll through, I'm like, all right, like you go, like, this is super fun. So I think it's, it's just an awesome opportunity for them. Well, and really building a brand is just communicating yourself. Right. And so, you know, women tend to do that a lot better than, than guys. Right. I mean, I'm sure you've, you've got on your husband. I know my wife gets on me all the time about why don't you just communicate what you're thinking or, you know, why didn't you just tell me that, you know? And, and, and so it's, it's guys, this is your message. Get off your butt and just communicate a little bit more. Um, cause it's huge opportunities out there for you. Yes. Um, so I, you know, I think NIL is really, you know, providing a, uh, a huge interest or a gateway for, for, uh, women's sports. Right. I mean, we look at, you mentioned Livy Dunn, you know, I've watched some of the gymnastics meets now as a result of that, right? Um, you look at the women's basketball tournament and some of this stuff now that is part of it is access and, and ESPN and those um, and the networks putting this on TV. But a lot of it is making the faces of female af- athletics known so that there is a, you know, an interest to, you know, check it out. And then you see the level that they, um, you know, that they play at. I mean, that women's basketball tournament, I mean, that was exciting, right? Better than some of the men's games, quite frankly. Um, So tell us, you know, your opinion on NIL helping an overall interest in in women's sports and um, getting more funding and all that type of stuff. We want to thank our sponsor, Success Beyond Game Day. For many athletes, the last safe place was the locker room. They could be themselves and not be judged. Success Beyond Game Day creates a locker room community for athlete development. Partnering with individual athletes, high schools, athletic departments, college and pro teams on building their brands, understanding name, image, and likeness, how to get deals, and personal finance all while leveraging a proprietary assessment that identifies core skills that athletes can leverage to create a competitive advantage, all while creating an environment where athletes can connect to push each other to greatness. Check it out at www.successbeyondgameday.com. Yeah. Um, I don't know like if NIL, like I'd say specifically is helping promote or generating more awareness of women's sports, I think. And because I'm a former female athlete, um, I remember even being in the gym at Loyola, like there were like barely any fans. And I think I could speak for tons and tons of female uh, teams from years ago where there's like nobody really there besides your parents. And then you go to a men's basketball game. It's like, oh, like everyone wants to go to the men's basketball game all of a sudden. And so even just like over the past couple of years, that narrative has like started changing. And we've seen it with the women's basketball tournament um, and even women's volleyball. Like they are reaching these amount of views on ESPN or whatever channels they're being streamed from that people are wanting to watch these sports and which is super awesome. And I think, um, female athletes almost, we're just so used to not getting that same attention as male sports. And we know like women's sports is not bringing in the same amount of money as male sports. Like we all know that. 
Um, but so we're just so used to working harder and maybe not getting the same recognition. Um, but I think it is really awesome for NIL to have that shift of then promoting these female athletes and having them do autograph signings. And all of these little girls are seeing someone who looks like them, plays a sport that they love, um, and seeing that as a role model. And I think it's a really, really cool opportunity. Um, and even cause NIL is still so young. Um, I think it's a big opportunity to keep growing in, um, of pushing, promoting women's sports and like softball, women's basketball, women's volleyball, all of those things. Um, and just seeing those faces because there's so many little girls that are watching these games and they're so used to watching men's sports. And it's like, well, that's, they don't see themselves out there. And then as soon as they turn on the TV and they see Iowa and LSU playing, they're like, oh my gosh, like, that's so cool. Like that could be me one day. So I can do that. that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, um, there's definitely so much room for growth in NIL with specifically female athletes, um, and just promoting their sport, promoting their NIL in that space. So you mentioned younger, um, uh, female athletes and all that type of stuff. What advice would you give to that, you know, middle school, high school athletes that are, you know, they, they have that goal of playing at the college level, but then also are going to try and get into the NIL space. What, what advice would you give them? Um, I would say definitely just like be yourself. And I think even saying that is really hard when you're 16, 17, 18 is because like, you don't even really know who you are at that point. Um, but just trying to be like a consistent person, level-headed, um, only being saying yes to things that you would want to represent that you would want your family to be representing. Um, and that comes with like choosing a school, deciding on like, why do you even want to go to the school? Like really thinking about that of, um, how do you want to represent the school in the future? But I would say just like working hard and understanding, like, is this what I want to do in my future? Like, do I want to continue playing the sport in the future? Or is this something that I love right now? And maybe I'm not necessarily committed to it when I get older. Um, but I would say, yeah, especially because NIL is a thing. Um, it's never too late to start promoting your own brand on social um, always be careful, like the things you are sharing, um, because it's on the internet. And even if you delete it, it lives there forever. So just being careful, just being authentic, real to yourself, not saying yes to things that you genuinely wouldn't want to just because maybe you're getting paid. Um, but I would say for the most part, just be yourself, be you and really decide make decisions based off of like your gut and your intuition. Awesome. L, this was a home run. Thank you for spending some time with us. Tell people how they can get a hold of you. So you can reach me um, through email um, or through Instagram, social media. If you have any questions, um, I would say you could text or call me, but I have a bajillion phone numbers of student athletes in my phone right now that I have to work with. So, um, we don't maybe want to add to that list, but email I'm on that every single day. Would love to communicate if you have any questions, anything like that, or 
say you work, you go to school that I work with, reach out, we can get connected. I can get you set up with some brands potentially. Um, love working with college athletes. I always, it the summit was super fun because I got to see myself and so many of those athletes that were there of like, wow, like these kids are having so much fun meeting athletes that are from across the country and are competing in a completely different sport. So their paths would never cross naturally until they came to Atlanta and they got to meet for the first time. So, um, I think it's super awesome, but if you ever want to reach out, um, I'm sure Ryan can throw my email up somewhere. I'll put everything in the show notes for sure. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Thank you for joining us on NIL Undressed. As always, every like, subscribe, and share is greatly appreciated. 